the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. This weekend's race was literally a blast of the past. It was insane and a lot of fun. What did NASCAR call it? The Throwback Weekend? Yeah, it was NASCAR Throwback Weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And if you have any history with the sport, it was really cool to see the cars, the drivers get into it. Uh, In years past, it's been even the fans, but obviously there weren't a lot of fans at the track this year. But it was really cool to see some of these paint schemes. I know we're going to talk about some controversial ones, some that were pretty popular, some that were probably not as recognizable. But we'll definitely talk about that. Some fans got to do the throwback from home and submitted their photos via Twitter. In fact, our family did it. Yeah. So uh, Johan and I, right, Johan, we got dressed up in our throwback clothes. I actually had a classic Mark Martin crew shirt. And so I threw that on and Johan wore Giovanni's Home Depot shirt or jacket. It was a crew jacket for which driver? Tony Stewart. No, it was Joey Logano. Although if you saw it, you might have thought it was Tony Stewart. But I was it was going for effect. Oh, uh, you were going for well, it was it was a good try. And, and in all honesty, if you saw it very quickly, you probably that was the first thing people thought of because it's it's kind of funny you think about that's where Joey started when he was in uh, at the time Nextel Cup and then Sprint Cup was with Home Depot. Yeah, he replaced um, Tony Stewart. But you kind of forget so about that. So it looks exactly the same as what everybody was used to seeing Tony Stewart running for Just so long. Just the normal black and orange. Yeah. So when I see it and people see you think Tony Stewart. So anyway, he had that. I had mine on and I tagged Mark Martin. And Mark Martin actually liked the photo today. So that was kind of cool. We saw that uh, come through on our Twitter feed. So that was pretty cool. So why don't we go through the race itself and then we'll talk through the paint schemes. Sebastian, why don't you take us through some of the highlights? So to be honest, the race didn't have that much action throughout as Martin Tricks Jr. basically dominated this race. He won the first two stages and he this was basically his race. He was going to win. He was going to get into the next round. and. He was going to be the one everyone was talking about. And I was going to get six points. Yeah, I agree. The first two stages were kind weren't very eventful, but stage three. That's where the fireworks came out. Some stuff changed there. So, yeah, you basically had Martin Truex Jr., right? He led the most laps. Johan, who led the second most laps of the race? Chase Elliott. And how many laps did he lead with? 114 laps out of 367 laps. Wow. That was, he did lead a lot. And so did Martin Truex Jr. So they were basically dominating this race. But then what happened late in the race, Johan? Chase Elliott's driving um, into turn three and four. Truex gets a huge run on Elliott. Then he makes the pass. He goes up. He doesn't clear him. And they both into the wall. And then they're smoking. What was funny is not, no, no caution came out, right? So they kept going, and the cars were just damaged at that point. And Martin Truex Jr. not only took himself out, but took out Chase Elliott. And Chase Elliott was rightfully pretty upset. We'll talk about the reactions at the end of the race. But yeah, that effectively took out the top two most dominant drivers, and they just weren't the same. I think Martin Truex had to go into the pits 
got some tires changed because his tires were going down. Did Chase Elliott ever go in? I don't remember. No, actually, I was just going to mention that. I was like, ironically, that there was no caution. I expected tires to be like breaking apart, but um, Chase just started going backwards. He went from being in first to going all the way back to 20th. And yeah, Martin Truex ended up going in, I think, um, because I, his fender, I think, was starting to rip or something. Uh, and they also said and, that his tires were going And his tires were going, were going down, yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of something that has previously happened in another race. Let me guess. Did it involve a number 22? Yes. Bristol, the last colors. What happens? Chase Elliott's up front with another driver and gets into him. They both fall back. But you have to admit... Unlike that last time, when we saw the replay, we all kind of knew who was at fault. I mean, I know you're a Joey guy, and I know it's hard, but you got to admit. Martin Truex Jr. went for a pass, and Chase Elliott wouldn't give the lead to him. And that's exactly why they are doing it. You are so annoying. Exactly but, that is not, but that's not, it wasn't. So basically, you're trying to say it was Chase's fault. Yeah. The, okay, I will admit. If Chase had Chase a faster car, he would some, have driven right past him. If Chase Chase had some culpability with what happened in Bristol. So we'll leave it like that. But this time, I'm sorry. Martin Truex Jr. should not have done what This he was did. all Martin Truex Jr. Because he attempted to pass him thinking he had a faster car. But clearly he didn't because he didn't clear him. Because he clipped them with his the rear of the car. He's like, oh, I guess well, I his, didn't clear his, him. His, yes, he said, I guess I didn't clear him. And he, his actual words were, and if it was my fault, if it was my fault, he would apologize. You know, the interesting thing is that you're comparing this incident to the Joy Logano Chase Elliott at Bristol. Yet, if my memory is true, then Chase Elliott wrecked out at the end of a Darlington race to to another Toyota driver who was trying to either pass him or get in line. Wasn't that what Kyle Busch did? Yeah, well, Kyle Busch was just trying to get in behind him. He was trying to fall in place and he didn't, he he real like, I mean, he realized too late that there wasn't enough clearance for him to get in um, and he clipped him. But that was more of like, I was trying to get in and there wasn't enough room for me. The, the difference there is that Chase was in the lead and Kyle was just falling behind and he just he misjudged how quick Chase was going, how quick he was going. And he went in. But what Martin Truex Jr. essentially did was almost akin to what uh, your other guy, Tyler Reddick, Johan. We all like Tyler Reddick. We think he's going to be he's a young and up and coming driver. But what he did in Daytona when he basically just went and tried to block Kyle Busch. Even though this move by Martin Truex Jr., you could say it wasn't really a block. He he didn't have enough speed, right? Tyler Reddick did not have enough speed to do what he did in front of Kyle Busch. And what did he do? He wrecked half the field. I actually, think, I actually think that Tyler Reddick had enough speed. I think the problem is that he needed to continue in his lane and pass Kyle Busch a lot more before. Before he got in front of him, I just think he got he got overly he got excited and he uh, and he cut into in front of Kyle Busch way too quickly. But I think that had he just continued in his lane, he would have had um, he would have he was much faster. However, going into uh, back to Truex, he just he cut in or he cut in front of um, Chase Elliott, not having enough room. Well, I. I just, the way I saw it, I thought it was wrong. 
I thought he he shouldn't have done what he did. And he took out a great car. And Absolutely. Chase I don't think he should have done that either. And I can't believe that when you're in the chase and you're fighting for a win because you want it because, right, I mean, when you're in the chase, you want to win because that secures your spot into the next um, round. I I, I, didn't, I don't think that that these guys would be doing this kind of driving. I get that you want to drive and you want to be aggressive to take the win, but to take yourself out and take somebody out. That's also, it's reckless. you know, in the chase, that's cra- that's just crazy. And then and then for him to say that he thought that um, Chase would give him the room, like, why would Chase give him the room? I mean, if I, if that was me, why am I going to give you the room? I don't want you in front of me and I don't want you winning. So in the post race, Martin Truex Jr. said this is and I quote, if it was my fault, I apologize. The key word there, if it was my fault. Yeah, dude, it was your fault. He didn't let me in. I thought Chase was going to give me room. If this was any other driver that had just done this to Martin Truex Jr., do you think that Martin Truex Jr. would have been ex- as accepting? He would have called him a name and he would have said, that guy doesn't know how to drive. He doesn't know what he's doing, blah, 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 right? But this is Martin Truex Jr. who did it. And he all he can say is, well, if I if I ended up hurting him, my bad. Oops. And Kyle Petty called him on it, which I love. Kyle Petty was like, I don't know what he thought, what why he thought Chase was going to let him in. Like, that's not racing. If you got a fast enough car, you get in front of the guy and you pass him. But just because you got a nose there doesn't mean the guy's supposed to back off and let you in. Unless it's like a teammate and you're doing bump drafting or something like that, that may be a different story. But not when you're racing for the win. These guys were one And not and two. only that, but they were get, we were getting close to the end of the race. Chase isn't just going to be like, oh, yeah, here, Martin, please get in front of me. Yeah, so I, I actually thought it was kind of ridiculous and, and, and unexpected, to be honest. We all kind of knew Martin Truex Jr. was going to, you know, oh, well, it wasn't really my fault. And I guess, you know, I was going for the win and stuff. And it's like, look, dude, you're a champion. You should be you should know better than that. There's a you, you're going to do moves like that. Then own it and be like, you know what? I was going for the win. My bad. But I was going for the win. He didn't say that. He's like, well, if it was my. Yeah, it was your fault, dude. And I, and you'll say, like, you can say what you want. I've heard Kyle Bush say, you know what? I messed up. I've heard Joey Logano say, yo, I messed up. I've heard Jimmy Johnson say, yo, I messed up. Will be a champ, decent champion, and say, "Yo, I messed up. My bad." So maybe, maybe you know that was right after the uh, after the race and and after what happened. So I'm hoping this week at some point, Martin Truex Jr. Will be like, "Yo, that was kind of messed up. Let me give my buddy Chase Elliott a call, and hopefully they'll 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 take care of it." But we'll know, we'll know because we'll see if Chase Elliott is going to be as forgiving the next time Martin Truex Jr. comes around. Thing about Martin Truex Jr., I'm starting to think like he likes to bark. But his bite isn't as bad because I won't forget how he kept saying that this wasn't over and how he was going to go and win the championship in Miami. And the last time I checked, that was Joey Logano that took a checkered flag and won the championship. And Martin Truex Jr., if you look back at the post-race comments and how big and tough he was and how he was going to take him out and he was booing Joey Logano during the interview and how he was going to go down there and dominate, guess what? 22 won that championship, not you. And the same thing here. You're gonna bark and bark. Wait until somebody puts you and 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 puts and gives you and puts you in the wall and puts you in the wall. How you're gonna feel? So I just thought that was, you know, that was not. I thought he could have been better. I expected better. I expected more right. from a champion. All right, I admit, Martin Truex Jr. took both of them, both of them out. But if Chase Elliott had a faster car, you should have let him in and then passed him on the front stretch. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's a thing called momentum, right? There's a thing called momentum. And Martin Truex Jr. had a run. He had a run in the lane that he was in. 
But he decided, I'm going to take this run and I'm going to go put it in another lane where there wasn't enough room for him to go. So, yeah, if he had the fast enough car, he would have stayed in his lane and he would have beat him down on the on the on the back stretch or the front stretch. I forget exactly what turn they were coming off. I think you said three and four. So the, in the front stretch. Yeah. And as a driver, you're not going to you're not going to let off the gas to let this other car in because you're going to lose speed. You're going to lose momentum. And then guess what? The third the car in ter- third place is going to catch up to you and possibly pass you. How many times have we seen drivers racing in two different lanes, right? And you see this one driver, he is running fast in his lane, but the other guy in the inside lane, he's got a good, you know, it's a shorter way around, so he's going. But because the guy on the outside stayed on the outside, he's got more momentum coming out of the turn, and then all of a sudden he speeds up and takes off. That's part of racing. But then they just cut a guy off because you think you have a fast enough car and then be like, oops, if I hurt the guy, my bad. Now, come on. That, a champion should know better. Anyway, that's my opinion. Well, after Truex took uh, Chase and himself out of the race. So who ended up winning the race? My pick, Kevin Harvick. He was in third when this incident happened. And uh, when those drivers fell back, Kevin Harvick, Zoomed to the lead and took home the checkered flag. Johan, he didn't even have the fastest car of the night, did he? No. Um, he led uh, 32 laps. It was the third car to lead the uh, most laps. But he was there when he needed to be, right? And he won the last lap. Yeah, Kyle Petty actually said he had like a third place car, which is where he was running. And had that wreck not happened, he would have been a third, he place, been a third place car. He's arguably the top driver in all of NASCAR this year, right? With the season he's had, he's got the most wins. And guess what? The next two races, he's got nothing to lose. He's just going to throw it out there. He, in fact, he doesn't even have to focus on the next two races because he's already in round number tw- round of twelve. And that's the best thing about this this playoff setup is he is all automatically in that next round. So I can't say that I'm like the biggest Kevin Harvick fan, but I will say there were two moments of this after the win that I thought were really cool. And the first one was how excited he was about his win. Yeah. Like I, he, I was, I, actually it was surprised like, me. it was like his, if it was his first win ever, he was just so excited. So that was pretty neat. They even did a reel on NASCAR.com of characters <laughs> acting the same way that he did uh, with like cheering or whatnot. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then I think the sweetest moment was when the officials gave um, a young fan the checkered flag to hand to Kevin Harvick. And when Kevin Harvick came over in his car and the boy was giving him the, the flag, he was like, no, no, you keep it. It was actually a really cool moment. It was really cool because not only the, 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 you know, the NASCAR cameras caught it, but the dad got it and you got that firsthand experience. So yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. This and is not and that only, kid was super excited. This is not the only time this season that a driver has won and gave the flag to um the fan, Phoenix 2020 last race before um, quarantine struck. Trevor Lagana won, and he gave um he gave um one of his fans um the flag. Just for those that are listening, that is actually Johan talking. His voice is a little hoarse today because he's been having like the time of his life the last few days, hanging out with some of his his uh, family friends, and uh, has been kind of yelling a little bit. And plus, with the race last night, so but that is Johan that was just talking. Gio, you mentioned earlier about Austin Dillon. And do you guys remember the ending of that race 
Like, Holy dude, that was insane. You mean that very last lap? Yeah. Like, the announcers are talking like, Kevin Harvick, oh, wow, wow, he is so great. He is going to win. And then all Austin of a sudden. Austin Dillon just comes in like a tank. Well, I he, was, like, closed in right to his bumper. I think I even said it. When they took the, the white flag, I thought, all right, guys, it's done. He's got it. And to the way he closed the gap on that last lap, I don't know if Kevin Harvick had taken his, you know, he he took a different line or what. But man, Austin Dillon with that, he just came off that last turn three and four. The car was sideways and somehow he made up distance and made it a lot closer. Had it been another, had he done that in the white flag lap, it might have been a different finish the way he was coming. Uh, so that was that was actually pretty impressive to say that. So, Johan, give run us through the top five finishers for this week's race. And the top five finishers are Kevin Harvey, Austin Dillon, Joe Logano, Eric Jones, and William Byron. And in race picks, how did we all do? Let's go with the one that won this weekend, who was Sebastian. I feel so good right now. I literally got... Six points this week. Whose idea was to add the points to double that? Was that you? No, that if, was if, Gio. a little bit of a conspiracy. That was Gio. That was Gio. Okay. All right. So you had Kevin Harvick. Got you six points. And then, uh, Mom? I got points. I got four points since we doubled because uh, Joey Logano came in third place. I didn't do so hot. I had Brad Keselowski. One I really, spot away, and you would have gotten two I, points. I would have gotten two points. You know what's amazing, though? I, You know, Brad Keselowski, I don't know what lap it was, but didn't he hit the wall and brought out a caution? He had some damage, yeah. and I thought for sure he was going to finish outside the top 25. And the fact that he finished 11th, well, that is actually pretty impressive. So, you know, got to give it to him. It wasn't a complete loss for him that night. Johan. My pick was Denny Hamlin. He finished 13th, um, a few spots under Brad Keselowski and under 10th. Um, I'm mad at Denny Hamlin for not getting many points, missing pit road, um, get hitting Jimmy Johnson, ruining Jimmy Johnson's night. Yeah, so tell I'm us here. about that real quick. So what happened? Because I remember watching the race thinking, oh, my goodness, Denny Hamlin's up there and he's going to do really well. And in fact, I think he was running top three. For most of the night. But then what ended up happening with your with your boy Jimmy Johnson? Well, he was um coming to pit and he went low. Um he didn't I don't think he realized that Jimmy was behind him. John he bumped Jimmy bumped him. Hamlin almost spun out, saved it. Johnson got back in line and Hamlin missed pit road. And because Hamlin was slowing down to go in the pit, it wasn't like he had a lot of momentum. And so, yeah, he ended up slowing down. And, and I, I actually saw that a reporter had said over the headsets that they were listening to Jimmy Johnson's radio. And he was not very happy with the number 11 and was kind of frustrated that Denny did not like wave him down or just let him know that, hey, I'm going to take a pit. He just decided to slow down to go in and Jimmy bumped him. And it was just enough that he missed pit road. So my pick was Martin Truex Jr. And with my luck, he wrecks out and I get, don't get any points. This could have been my week to make a comeback. This is why you should be frustrated. It's all down that. the drain. You should be frustrated because he he should have won the race or at least came in second. And because of his patience, he ends up pulling and you lost points, man. You should be frustrated with Martin Truex Jr., not Chase Elliott. I'm sorry with Chase, Chase Elliott because he cost friend. me my points. 
It wasn't Chase Elliott's fault. It wasn't Chase's fault. fault. It, it was wasn't. Martin Truex. That was the point. You could go call Martin Truex and tell him he made you lose Even points. Joey Logano probably was like, yo, that was kind of messed top, Did Chase Elliott finish top 10 or top 15? No, uh, he didn't. No. He fell back to 20th then it was- because Martin Truex hit him. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. All right. So one of the coolest things of the race was the throwback paint schemes. Now, we're not going to go through all of them because, to be honest, some of them were kind of like, well, how exactly was that throwback? It looks like your regular car. Um, But we do have a few that we want to talk about. And I think the first one we're going to talk about is the Jimmy Johnson one. Because I think that paint scheme was probably the most different paint scheme we've ever seen. And um, I happened to hear someone say on a podcast that we had been listening to that they thought it was ugly. And then the other person on the podcast was like, what? That's like the coolest thing ever. So my opinion on that when I so I had to go check it out. So my opinion on that is I actually think the paint scheme was really cool in the sense that they took the paint schemes of two of the seven time champs, just like Jimmy Johnson and merged it into his car. So like there was times where you would see the car and it's, it looks like Dale seniors. And then the top was, uh, Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Um, it wasn't like on a regular paint scheme. Like it's not the like best combination of colors, you know, cause it's like completely different. You have black and red and then the baby blue, you know, whatever. But I just think that the way that they did it, I like it. And the way that they I thought, I thought it was yeah, ugly. And the way that they put it together, I think it was a they, they did a really good job I taking they, two different paint schemes yeah. and merging them yeah, together. I think you couldn't have no. taken two more polar opposite paint schemes and said, "Yeah, let's put them together." Uh and I just thought I honestly liked it and I hope and I can't wait. I'm I'm going to sound like Johan to go to the merchant uh merchandise trucks and uh and pick pick one of those up i'll probably even buy the big one not just the small one but i thought it was a cool car yeah i think I, what they could have done to fix it was make the front of the car uh rich uh, richard petty in the back dale senior and have like a divider in the middle or something i think that would have made it much better than what it was i don't know i've actually never seen anything like that so that might be kind of cool i just think what they did there i mean it, depending like your mom said if you're looking at the side profile of the car it distinctly felt like a dale senior car because of the black, the the, the style, the the placement the, the, of the logo, the it was number. like the good wrench. The number font was the same, and then they used the font for the forty three on the top of the car, and then even the way that they treated the Ally logo made it look like a STP. Right. So exactly. I mean, I I just I liked but it. But now I the it was back cool. of it, there was a point where they showed the car, his car in the back, and the back was like his car. It just said Ally in the Ally font and the black and the purple. So that was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. My guy Kyle Bush had a pretty cool paint scheme. So at first you didn't um think much of it, right, Mom? No. So at first I was like, I don't see any throwback on his car. It's his regular M&M's car that he normally drives. But then um taking a closer look at it, and it was really more the font of the number. It's really a throwback to Elliot Sadler's car when he used to drive for Yates. And uh, this one was kind of dear and near to my heart because I was an um, an Elliott fan uh, back when I first started watching NASCAR. And so this was a throwback to the car that he drove in 2003 in Talladega and he barrel rolled in that crash. And so it was very, that's what it was reminiscent of. It was the. So I, I, I need to see these cars side by side because I know I got it and you took me down memory lane. I was like, oh yeah, Elliott Sadler. And then I looked, I was like, it still looks like the same. 
God bless car. I see no, every it week. does. It does. But it's I have M&Ms. a feeling like I the think logo the, hasn't changed. I think the, the M&Ms were changed. bigger. No, not, none of that changed. But I think the M&Ms were bigger. And even the, the font, font was no, the it font, was a font different. The font okay. was the font of the 38 well, I gotta that Elliot Sadler drove. I got because I remember that Sadler car, but I just it it didn't look that different. But anyway, Johan. Well, if you show me two pictures of those of Kyle Busch's primary paint scheme that he drove in the Daytona 500 and his Darlington throwback scheme, I can maybe tell the difference because there's way major difference than that car than the Daytona 500 scheme. All right. Well, I'll have to do that. You have to tell us this week what you think. There was also the Daniel Suarez paint scheme. So who was his throwback for? He was throwback for his 2016 Xfinity Championship. Yes. It was his it was his Xfinity Eris um championship car. So I thought it was really cool because he got to drive the paint scheme of um Didn't Eris even sponsor him? And Eris sponsored him when he was driving with Joe Gibbs. So, they so his nineteen him. car was Eris. Did yeah. they sponsor him yesterday? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That is actually kind of cool. All right. Before we move on, any other notable paint schemes that you guys thought were really cool? Mm, there was 300 cars that I thought were cool. William Byron's 2014 Jimmy Johnson All-Star Race win, I think, or not win, or I don't know. And Alex Bowman's was his 2006, I think, and Chase Elliott was 2009. Yeah, that was kind of cool, the Hendrick tribute to Jimmy Johnson to see all, all of those cars. And it was kind of funny. There were a couple of times where they would show Alex Bowman or they would show William Byron. And because of the font style and the treatment of the logos and the color, I, for a second, I was like, whoa, where's Jimmy Johnson? Oh, that's not Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, that's like another the, car. The Jimmy Johnson Lowe's car. It was the Jimmy Johnson team on Saturday or on Sunday. I think we had, um, was it Joey Logano who was driving a Davy Allison paint scheme? Oh, yeah, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Danny Hamlin was running a Bobby Allison scheme. Yes, from when Federal Express, who we know as FedEx now, when Federal Express first signed on as a sponsor for NASCAR back in the 70s. The 70s, That's yeah. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Sebastian, where are we going next week? We are going to Richmond Raceway for the Federal Auto Parts 400. It's going to be a Saturday night race, by the way. All right, so we're going to get into race picks. The Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. Our winner, because he had such a great weekend, was Sebastian, and he is our leader. So Sebastian skyrocketed to the lead. Who are you picking to win this week in Richmond? A past winner and someone I saw almost win when we went to Richmond, the number 18, Kyle Bush. No! Ah, that's who I was picking a pick. I love it when I see everyone reacting. Literally, as he <laughs> described it, I, I first knew exactly what he was talking about. And then when he said 18, Johan, Karen, and Gio, everybody threw their hands up. They all knew. They were like, oh, he took my pick. Wow, that means Kyle Busch might be in for a good weekend. You can go first since we're tied because I'm still thinking who to choose You're now. still, oh, you're going to let me go. All right. Well, last week I picked Brad. You know what? This week, I think I'm going to take, I'm going to steal another one from one of my boys. And I'm looking right at him. Yes, sir. I'm taking number 22, Joey Logano. Of 
Kyle, I finally chose my pick. If I can't have Kyle Bush, the candy man, I know I'm choosing Sebastian's pick, Kevin Harvick. Wow. Well, that's that's a strong pick, and I don't know anybody that's going to beat you. Mom? All right, my turn. So Martin Truex has won the last two years, but after what he did um, this weekend, I'm not very happy with him. So I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin to take it home. Uh, this one is going to be a bit of an underdog pick, and I'm probably not going to get any points at all, but William Byron. William Byron, that's not a bad pick. He came in fifth this past week after winning the week before. If anything, he's one of the hottest drivers in all of NASCAR, so you should be more excited about that pick. And he wants to make it into the next round, so he's going to go out and drive his way to the front. And he looks like Braden, so of course he's going to win this. So that's our race picks for next weekend, Saturday night, September 12th at Richmond Raceway. You stole my pick. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Well, we all said last week that this weekend was a big weekend for us because we were celebrating Giovanni's entrance into mini adulthood. He is a teenager now. So Giovanni, in honor of your birthday, who are you going to pick that I need to connect to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? Maker of the hit song, Never Gonna Give You Up, popular meme called the Rick Roll, (laughs) Rick Astley. Rick Astley. I literally only know him because of the meme. All right. Well, thank you for explaining that because even I was a little surprised. This, I know I've said it a couple of times, but I honestly believe this was one of the hardest ones I've had to connect. But I actually think it's a pretty cool way. So Rick Astley is an English singer, songwriter, and the height of his music career actually took place in the mid to late 80s. That's right. He was on my mixtapes. He retired from professional music in 1993. But he has made a comeback as early as the early 2000s. And it has a lot to do with this meme that Giovanni is talking about. What is the meme called? Never going to give you up, Rick Roll. To be Rick Roll. Well, how do I connect Rick Astley to NASCAR? Well, in 2017, at the height of this meme... He was invited on stage by another rock group called the Foo Fighters. They were in Japan at a concert and they invited him up on stage because they wanted to do a Rickroll for the audience. But the funny thing about the story is they literally met him like only an hour before when they invited him up on stage. He goes up on stage and the lead singer and guitarist from Foo Fighters, his name is Dave Grohl, said, you know, thanks for coming up and whispered into his ear, we're going to do your song. So, like, think about it. The guy just met him and all of a sudden he's been brought up on stage. They perform it. They do the Rick Roll. They do it in a little bit of a different style. And ever since then, they've been connected. In fact, there's been Foo Fighter concerts where he has actually come up and done the whole Rick Roll deal. Well, Dave Grohl is actually a NASCAR fan because Back in 2000, at the beginning of Dale Jr.'s career in NASCAR, they had 300 limited edition Les Paul guitars made 
in the design of Dale Jr.'s number eight Budweiser car. And Dave Grohl got one of those guitars literally a couple of weeks before the 2001 Daytona 500. And in honor and tribute of Dale Sr., for the next few weeks and months, Dave Grohl would use that same guitar in concerts to pay tribute to his new friend, Dale Jr.'s dad, who had just passed away. So that is how you connect Rick Astley to NASCAR in less than six degrees. Four degrees. Good job. I thought you may actually go over today. That was pretty cool. Isn't that a cool story? Rick Astley through the Foo Fighters to NASCAR. To the Foo Fighters to NASCAR. Yeah, that was pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Nice job, Dad. So in this week's Racing Through Life, it's really another week of living through this post-COVID world, even when you have significant events. And how do you kind of navigate that and with technology and, you know, it's just a different world that we're living in. And so we actually had three big events that happened over this past weekend for our family and uh, we kind of navigated through it. Actually, we had four. Four. What were the events? Uh, So we started out on Saturday, uh, our oldest son, Sebastian got baptized. And normally that's that's actually done in church during church service. But because of COVID, we are not meeting um, in person. It's all being done virtually. So uh, with um, we went to we we were able to go and do it at church and have it recorded so that it'd be it'll be played next week. Uh, But that was that was really nice to be able to do that still, despite the fact that we are in COVID. And so, you know, our friends and family and members of the church will be able to see it next week. And then Sunday, Sunday was our big day. Not only did we have the NASCAR race, of course, <laughs> uh, but we had Giovanni turning 13 years old. And Tony and I celebrated our 16th anniversary. Now, we normally don't do anything since we share a birthday and anniversary. We don't do much on the actual day as far as our anniversary. So we have usually we usually plan something later on in the month. And uh, so uh so that day is um, ma- mainly dedicated to Giovanni. But there was a third event uh, yesterday, or the sixth as well. And that was that my little brother and my sister-in-law had a baby gender reveal. And we got to find out that we are going to be having a niece. So our boys, again, there's three boys in our, in our family, now have two niece, uh, two cousins. Girls, two girl girl cousins. Yes. So both of our nieces are um, from, one is from Tony's side, uh, his sister, and the other one's going to be from my brother, but they're both girls. So we're super excited. Yeah, we're super. And, and for, and, and, and Johan, if you can hear him whispering in the radio, in the, uh, in the microphone, he said, I predicted it. Yes, he predicted he that predict. it was, was going to be only one who thought it was a girl. He did. I thought it was going to be a we boy. We were all team boy. We thought for sure we're going to have a boy cousin. And uh, yeah, Johan was right. He got it. So as we were talking about that due to COVID, certain things are have changed, like uh, the events of the baptism, but also um, the gender reveal, because we, one, couldn't physically be in Chicago because it's far away and the whole traveling thing and everything. Because of technology, we were all able to view it via Zoom. So that was really cool. So I'm like, it's really refreshing to know that even though we're going through this unprecedented time, that because we live in a time where we have all these technical technological advances, we're able to do things like this. You know, we're able to have meetings at work. 
and be able to work from home and still stay connected. You know, we're able to see um, gender reveals and be part of it, even though we're far away. You know, different things like this. So it is um, it's really good to be able to have um, those that technology at our hand. So, again. You know, it's about just looking on the bright side of life and, and you know, it's not the greatest situation that we're all in living around the world and not everybody has the same advantages, opportunities or, or is blessed. But, you know, you got to you got to think positive in these situations. And the thing for us is, you know, we've 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 done that, I feel in in some ways, you know, we try to look at the positive side of it and we're thankful that we do have the, uh, you know, we have good Wi-Fi and good internet access so we can be able to stay connected to these milestone events in our lives. And, and, you know, you just got to roll with it. You know, life, that's the one thing I think is the biggest lesson in all this is that despite, you know, one of the most challenging times in the history of the world, you know, with this pandemic, it's a global issue. Life goes on. And, you know, I feel like quoting Malcolm from Jurassic Park, life finds a way. And so through technology, through Zoom, like Karen was saying, you know, our family lives have found a way to, to make it happen the best way possible. So and I think that I, I honestly think that um, NASCAR was really brilliant about paving the way for change in this time of change, because they when everything went to a halt, they went to iRacing. And then from that they went to racing without fans. And I think that was an inspiration too to other sports. And yeah. that's why we're able to have basketball in the Disney bubble. Yeah. You know, and, and so on and so forth. And as, as uh, other seasons or other um, sports seasons are starting, you know, we're seeing that same yeah. trend. Oh, exactly. So. Like from a major sports standpoint in the world, NASCAR paved the way, you know, uh, well, I, I, let me say, let me step back. From a national, from a, from a major sports standpoint in this country, NASCAR paved the way. You know they were the first big league to do something digitally. You know NBA tried it, wasn't as, as successful. Oh, that turned into it was, a meme. It was kind of harsh. Uh, and then you know eventually they went back to racing with no fans. They were like, we're going to do this without fans, and that's kind of foreign concept. But they've made it work. And then the NBA and, you know, and then now, you know, with Major League Baseball and hockey and then soon to be football. So it all started with NASCAR. So it's good to see that despite circumstances, when you take something and you make something good out of it and you don't let what's going on hold you back. And what does Malcolm say? Life finds a way. And on that note, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening on in. Please leave a like, subscribe, and download our podcast episodes so you can listen to us wherever you want, whenever you want. Let's go racing, family. Out. <laughs>